Everybody and welcome back to the GoCast, a podcast by San Luis Valley Great Outdoors. My name is Tierra Grania. For those who may be new here, this is season two of the podcast, which means we are talking with different partners from the San Luis Valley Generation Wild Coalition. SLV Gen Wild is a coalition of organizations working together to create opportunities and connections to the outdoors for all people in the San Luis Valley of South Central Colorado. Today, I'm very excited to introduce you to one of our partners, Hannah Thill. Hannah is the program coordinator for the Rio Grande Watershed Conservation and Education Initiative, also known as RigWiki. She's going to tell us all about some of the many wonderful things that RigWiki does and how their work intersects with some other SLV Gen Wild partners. I can't wait for you to hear from her. So strap on your seatbelts, grab a snack, grab a drink, kick back and get ready to listen. Unless you're driving a car or something, then maybe don't and keep your eyes on the road instead. But either way, get ready to listen because we're jumping in right now. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Tira. How are you doing today? Doing well, enjoying the sun and uh, working from home right now, which is kind of nice. Yeah, that sounds nice. Can you tell me a little bit about RigWiki, uh, what that stands for, for those who may not know, and how you came to be involved? Yeah, RigWiki is it's definitely a mouthful and uh, takes a while to introduce myself at meetings. The acronym is Rio Grande Watershed Conservation Education Initiative. And so it's a lot easier and faster just to say RigWiki. And I started in 2018 as a Mennonite volunteer member. So it's very similar to AmeriCorps and did that for two years. And then in 2020, I was hired on as a program coordinator. Nice. So what do you, what does the day-to-day kind of look like for you as a program coordinator? Yeah, Our programs look different throughout the year, and so each month is very different. I typically, during the school year, spend a lot of time communicating with teachers, setting up classroom visits, sometimes field trips, so there's a very small window in the year to do those. And then also working with our partners, because I often will help them out with events and contribute some aspect of education and do a lot of a variety of, of things. Nice. So we got we have classroom programs, events, field trips. What kind of programming for those who may have never heard of RigWiki before. What kind of programming do you offer? What is the mission or goal of RigWiki? Yeah, and the important history about our programs. RigWiki started as a part-time position with the conservation districts in the San Luis Valley. So there's five different conservation districts. And that person 
would do education on behalf of them. So they had very specific programs like the National Conservation District Poster Contest, farm field trips. And so eventually RigWiki became its own nonprofit, but we're still very connected to the conservation districts as far as our mission with natural resource stewardship, agriculture, education, conservation. that used to be soil and water conservation districts, but conservation is a lot broader than that. It can include forestry and wildlife, um, any type of natural resource within it. And so we still have joint programs with the districts. Our conservation youth camp is supported and put on with the help of the districts and other natural resource professionals. Our poster contest we're still doing, which is a part of the conservation districts. Envirathon, which is a high school environmental knowledge competition, like similar to like FFA or an academic bowl, but it's natural resources and and hands-on. That was also part of the conservation districts, especially across the state. And then we do basic water, agriculture, kind of ecology lessons in classrooms. And so that's probably the bulk of what we do is be guest speakers for teachers in their classroom when they're wanting to talk about water or certain aspects of the San Luis Valley, because we can provide some more specifics of what concepts look like locally. And then we have a few things that parents and kids, community members can be involved in. And those are more of like the joint events with our partners that are open to the community. And Conservation Camp is also open to the community and any any parents to sign up because it's in the summer and we're not working directly with teachers in the school. Nice. So it sounds like you have a whole lot of stuff going on, which is awesome. What age groups do you tend to work with? Yeah, probably the largest age group is that fifth, sixth, seventh, late elementary through middle school age group. Our mission is K-12, but a lot of what we do lines up with the like curriculum in that area. And it it's just they're at the point where they can learn a little bit more and understand a little bit more and enjoy having fun outside and are still young enough to appreciate playing games and that sort of stuff. So yeah, that's probably our most common age group, but we do do events for any age group. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Of the programs that you described, which one would you say is your favorite? Ooh. The youth conservation camp is really hard to beat. Uh, So that's three days outside, having a lot of fun running around with kids. Though it it only happens once a year, which is disappointing, but that's also okay since it does take a lot of work to put together. I also really enjoy being in classrooms and being a guest speaker because it's a nice variety for the students to suddenly have someone else to, to listen to and to do some things that they may not have been doing in their classroom. So I also enjoy that as well. Nice. So tell me a little bit more about yourself. You said you came to the Valley to as a Mennonite volunteer, but what kind of led you into the con- conservation or outdoor recreation world before you came here? Yeah, in college, I 
really got into environmental science, biology, and I especially enjoyed aspects that everyday people could be involved in. So like land management on private land or getting people out to areas around them and learning about it and kind of having like positive interactions that are like mutually beneficial. It's nice to be outside and do things outside, but then also when you're being a steward or you're doing some type of restoration, it's beneficial to the land as well. And I wasn't really that excited of choosing one aspect to work professionally in because a lot of the professional circles were just, they didn't work with the community that much. It was maybe like collaborating with other like researchers. And when I saw Rigwiki's job position, I was really excited because it checked lots of boxes of like teaching about natural resource stewardship. I enjoyed working with kids and, and teaching some. And I did some research about the San Luis Valley and was really excited about how many cool and interesting things were happening. And it was still a rural area. I'm from a rural area. So that really excited me because I knew there was going to be a lot of fun and interesting things and people and initiatives that I would be a part of beyond just my job. Mm -hmm. I definitely feel that I'm also from a rural area and definitely feel at home in San Luis Valley. Yeah, and then my intuition was right because if not a little bit, it, or I guess it had exceeded my expectations with the, like the collaboration and the community and the space being a really great place. Right. Speaking of collaboration, I know RigWiki partners with a lot of different organizations, including different Gen Wild partners. What does that kind of look like when it comes to programming? How do you work with other partners across the valley to deliver programming to our communities? We are absolutely dependent on collaboration to be successful. Right now, it's just me at RigWiki, and I unfortunately cannot clone myself and really depend on both natural resource professionals, so people who do work in the water world or restoration or agriculture to to help out they also provide expertise that I don't have so they really like enrich the learning that happens by being there and then also you mentioned Gen Wild partners um, who work more with youth it's also really great to have connections with partners who have active relationships with youth who can lend a hand if I have an event or I can lend a hand when someone else has an event. And it's just been a major part of our success and like the success of other nonprofits, getting people involved in all sorts of organizations who each have their own little area that they're working in. Right. So you are the only full-time staff member for RigWiki right now. Yeah, yeah, currently. <laughs> so it was two people up until July. And so this is my second month currently on my own, on my own in the organization, but because we have relationships 
with partner organizations, I certainly don't feel alone because I'm meeting with people and co-planning things with folks. And I have people to ask when like, all right, I have the pumpkin patch coming up. I need more adults to clip pumpkins and more people will show up for that. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely having to be careful of my time and I do have to spend a little more thought in prioritizing the things I can do just because I have less time and I have more things on my list. And so trying to balance like what is important, what is urgent, is there anything urgent that's not really important? And so that is not necessarily always straightforward. So it's just trying to to navigate that and balance like, okay, I won't be able to do this by myself. I should reach out and ask a partner to help, or maybe this particular thing is good enough and I should let go and trying to make it perfect Mm -hmm. so that I can can work on other things. Mm -hmm. So that's probably the bigger challenges. Just having only a certain amount of time in the day and also a certain amount of energy in the day. Yeah, you're kind of a superhero. (laughs) 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 So do you anticipate that RigWiki will see some kind of expansion or growth in the next year or several years? Do you think that you'll kind of continue to hold the reins on the organization or where do you, where do you Mm -hmm. see the organization in the next couple of years? Yeah, I, I anticipate and hope that there will be growth and more kind of diversifying the staff and the staff load. So there's not just one person. And when you have an organization that depends on one to two people, it can change a lot when the staff come and go. And so I think we kind of are exploring ways that RigWiki could be a strong organization for for many years and have some different types of support. What that will look like is kind of evolving and unknown, but I, I am kind of excited to see what will happen as far as the structure of RigWiki. I don't think RigWiki is going to go anywhere anytime soon, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to eventually have more coworkers. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I think the cool thing about where you're at right now is that there's a lot of room for growth and for changes and like room to experiment and try and see what what works for RigWiki, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That'll be exciting to see. Do you have any favorite stories from times that you've worked with the kids or worked with communities? Yeah, what are what are some of the highlights of working for RigWiki for Hannah Phil? <laughs> Man, no one story kind of rose to the surface in my mind as far as, oh, my favorite story. But there's a lot of smaller, awesome stories that generally I really enjoy seeing kids kind of make connections between what I'm involving them with and something else. Or if I have worked with them in the past, they're like, oh, like you're the lady who talked about water last year. (laughs) Or I have two examples from this week. I was 
with schools and we were learning about trees and looking at a tree on their school property. And like one student was like eyes wide, like trees have species. Um, Because then that had realized that trees, there were different types of trees. (laughs) And yesterday, part of the lesson was also talking about kind of forest health and when forests can become unhealthy or there's fires. And two of the students talked about they were learning about Mayans who used ash from forest fires. And that was something they were learning in social studies. And so then we could have like a really great conversation about the like history of fire and how with Europeans coming and settling the US, they didn't really understand the role of fire and there has just been a lot of fire suppression. And so now our forests are really dense and stressed and we have really big fires. And so I, yeah, I really like when they make connections to something they have seen before or have done on their house or their farm or their uncle does something that they like make that connection to something they're learning now. Cause that's really awesome. And that I know that they're learning and I can't make the connections for them. I can just kind of lead them and then they bring their own experiences and really make it a fun time. That's super cool. Those sound like really cool um, conversations to be able to be having, especially with young people. And I know um, when, (laughs) when you said the thing about tree species, I could just imagine myself at that age or even just like a few years ago and that feeling where your like mind is exploding because you some some door just opened in your mind um it's always really cool to see (laughs) like working with kids of any age but uh, particularly middle school I think you at least for me it kind of it makes me think about myself at that age and what I was up to what I was thinking like what the world looked like and it's just mm-hmm. so extremely different and the people who are kind of around you and guiding you at that time are really important and I guess looking back at yourself at that age I don't know 11 12 what would you want to say to yourself at that time or what is something that you wish you would have known hmm. Thinking back, yeah, to that age, I feel like I had a, a lot of things kind of figured out or <laughs> um, I feel like I wasn't, I didn't really take myself that seriously or really cared about what other people thought. I kind of spent a lot of so- time outside just kind of like playing around. I had some ducks and chickens that I would play and hang out with Uh and then and I was just generally kind of like I know had fun was kind of like a goofy kid and then later like middle school high school I became more self-aware as most kids do and I'm kind of embarrassed at my fifth grade self (laughs) and so I guess I wish I would have like told my high school middle school self that like when you're in fifth grade life is great. <laughs> you shouldn't really, um, I don't know, be embarrassed for doing what you like to do or not caring what people thought. Yeah, 
I think yeah. that's definitely something that almost everybody can relate to at that age. That's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so you've been in the San Luis Valley for how long now? Three years? Yes. Yes, three full <laughs> years starting my fourth. That's awesome. What have been some of your favorite parts about living here or where are your favorite places to go? Mm, that's a great question. I do enjoy hiking in the foothills, like around Del Norte, Penitente, and Caneos County is also really beautiful. I especially enjoy staying in the valley and the the growing season is just so beautiful. And every year when it's around this time and things are starting to freeze and turn yellow and brown, like, ah, you should have you should have appreciated it more and went to drive around the valley more and look how look at the river and all the the fields growing and so I don't really particular have like a outdoor hobby that I like really enjoy or do a lot but I just like the views and being outside getting to see things and having such a wide line of sight it's just really, really cool to always be able to see the mountains and all the the muted shades of like green, yellow, brown. To where I'm from, it's just, it's very lush, but it's just like green constantly crowded around you. And so you can't really see very far. So I do appreciate just what the valley is and, and its space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a vast place with like so many different geological features it feels like you, you could go to any different part of the valley and see something completely new which is really mm-hmm. cool yeah and I, I also definitely feel that, that that feeling of winter coming and all of the regrets that you have from the summer <laughs> yeah yeah <There's> only <laughs> so the- much you can do in the summer months or the fall is beautiful too yeah, I'm pretty excited for fall. And you're you're going to a pumpkin patch soon. Yeah, I'm going to spend a week in the middle of Agland with kids clipping pumpkins. That's going to be It's sweet. a fun fall harvest celebration. And I am not near a computer all day. <laughs> so it's nice just to be like, well, can't check my email. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Speaking of the valley, I've been asking people this question, and it's always super fun to hear their answers. If you could have a giant billboard coming into Alamosa, centrally located, a giant billboard, anything on it can be valley related, rigwiki related, or completely unrelated. It can be Hannah Phil related or not. Mm-hmm. What would you want it to say? I think it would say something along the lines of like, get out and walk. Because <laughs> if you <laughs> drive by, things are just going so quickly and you can't appreciate the the space as much. Because I feel like, especially a lot of tourists, they're kind of driving through the valley, go to the sand dunes or go up into the mountains. But there's a lot to offer if you just get out and, and walk around go walk along the river or the the wetland refuges because then it's just so much more 
interesting and you feel like you're a little speck <laughs> on the earth. <laughs> and I don't think very many folks do that, especially visitors. Yeah, I think that's a great message. I know personally when I go on a road trip or I'm driving somewhere kind of far away, I, I'm very focused on the destination. <laughs> um, yeah. And you're right, the valley has so much to offer. And if people coming through took a moment just to look around and walk around, they'd see how much they've been missing this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Cool. Um, so for somebody who might be interested in rig wiki programming, what's the easiest way to find out about what you've got going on and to get involved? We have a website that's rigwiki, so R-G-W-C-E-I.org. And we have different program pages you can look at. So like we have a pumpkin patch page, youth camp page. Uh, some of the programs are geared towards school groups. So if a family is learning from home, they, there are opportunities to do some of the things. If you have a student in like fifth and sixth grade and they aren't working with us like the poster contest and you have a relationship with their teacher, like talk, letting them know about us is a, is a great way to, to get more, more classes involved. Yeah, so definitely our website, social media. We try to put some things that are just general information about like, oh, it's potato harvest season or this is what our river flows look like this year. So there's definitely things to learn beyond just our youth programs too. Awesome. And that is rgwcei.org for anybody who's listening and might be interested. Is there anything else that you would like to say about RigWiki or the Valley or anything else that you want to share? I'm happy to be here and working with the people who I work with and I'm excited to do more and new things yeah I feel like I've barely scratched the surface with meeting people and knowing the landscape even though I have been here for four years there's just so many people to meet and places to learn about mm -hmm. I second that <laughs> Well, awesome, Hannah. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. I really appreciate it. And yeah, once again, if anybody is interested in learning more about RigWiki, you can go to their website. You also have social media pages. Yes, yes. So we have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you just type in RGWCEI, you should be able to find us. Awesome. But yeah, thanks again, Hannah. And... We will see you next time. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The GoCast. Once again, you can learn more about the Rio Grande Watershed Conservation and Education Initiative, or RigWiki, at the RigWiki website, rgwcei.org. You can also find them on the SLV Gen Wild website, slvgenwild.com. 
The GoCast is brought to you by San Luis Valley Great Outdoors. We'll be back next time with more awesome partnerships and projects from around the valley as part of our series on the San Luis Valley Generation Wild Coalition. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Interviewing and production by me, Tierra Grena. Our executive director is Mick Daniel. Special shout out to the SLV Ghost staff, Patrick, Ellie, and Danny, also the goats. You can learn more about San Luis Valley Great Outdoors at slvgo.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Opening music by Patrick Ortiz. The rest is free music that I found on a free music internet website, World Wide Web website. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. ASMR style. What do you think? Let me know in the comments. Comments. Comments.